0: Welcome to It's a Good Life podcast, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. The top of the morning to you, welcome to It's a Good Life. Today, we're going to talk a little economics. I know that's not always the most exciting thing in the world, but the current economic outlook is going to affect everyone, everyone with a business Everyone with a mortgage, everyone with any kind of money in the bank or any kind of job. So we're all going to be affected by this. Today's episode is entitled The Coming Recession. And I'm going to cover three things. I'm going to do a little history lesson about recessions. I'm going to talk about what's different this time. And then we're going to give you some little advice on hedging your bets. This is one of a series of podcasts that I'm going to do on recessions. This is kind of an introductory one kind of give you an overview. We're going to delve into how to thrive economically. During a recession, we're going to talk about specifically with a business, what to do to thrive during a recession. And the beautiful thing is we have time to prepare. Let me kind of walk you through this. The first thing I want to do is do a little history lesson. Because when people hear the word recession, it just tends to freak them out. Because in recent memory, the Great Recession of 2007, 2008, which for many of us, certainly in my business, lasted five to six years. In any other context, that would not have been called a recession. It would have been called a depression. We had banks folding all over the world. We had catastrophic levels of foreclosures, tremendous spike in unemployment. Basically, the economic stability of the world came into question. It was a a once-in-a-50-year phenomenon. You throw in some bad government policy and extraordinary greed on Wall Street, It just made for a real soup. And by the way, extraordinary greed by consumers. Let's not always blame the government. When people were using their house like an ATM and taking out money to buy things they couldn't afford, when people had 100% loan-to-value on their properties and then at the first sign of trouble, abandoned the house and let it go into foreclosure or short sale, that led to a cascading effect that people who actually tried hard to put a down payment, tried hard to keep their home, weren't able to keep their homes because values crashed. And so that was a great recession. That was not a typical recession. The truth of the matter is a recession operates the way a pressure cooker does. If you're cooking in a pressure cooker, what happens is when the food is brought to the boil or to the optimal heat, when it overheats, the little valve on top of the lid pops up and allows steam to escape so the food doesn't overcook. Well, that's the natural inclination of markets. And that's why right now we live in an age where people think everything can be controlled. We can control every aspect of life and everything in the world, including every aspect of economics. And it's just not possible. That's why people are always looking for someone to blame. The truth of the matter is, if gravity means what goes up must come down, people don't go, oh no, we are only focusing on what goes up from now on. We only believe in the law of up gravity. We have some issues with regards to how people are viewing monetary policies. The truth of the matter is we want growth and we want hot markets and we also need recessions to cool things off. And that is the natural way in which things have operated for years. For example, when we were traveling around the world during the Great Recession in the U.S. and in many countries, they didn't have the same Great Recession in Canada. And the reason being is that the Canadians had had a milder recession two to three years before the pressure cooker worked. So when I would go up and be talking to realtors in Canada, they were like, yeah, things are off a little bit, but they weren't off the way they were south of the border. And so that's why they're healthy things. A lot of times governments will try to intervene to stop a recession because they're the party in power and they don't want to get ousted. And again, the world we live in today, especially now, if we go into recession, it has to be somebody's fault. And there's no doubt. We're going to talk about monetary policy. We're going to talk about government intervention and some of the dumb things that are done that make this stuff a lot worse. There's a lot of debate right now whether we're heading for a recession or not. The Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell says we're heading for a soft landing. That's what he keeps saying. Both sides of Wall Street argue for a recession and against a recession, usually dependent on their own interests, by the way. And then, of course, like I mentioned, the politicians will argue for and against it. Those out of power will say the world is coming to an end. And those in power say, hey, nothing to see here. Just put up a couple traffic cones. Keep coming. Everything's great. And so I'm here to share my predictions with you. I've been public and out there in front of things for a long time. For 30 years, I've done bold predictions, shared my philosophy and what I see, my research, and also what I intend to do for myself, my business, and then the customers we coach and train to help them navigate. And I have a pretty good track record. I absolutely believe we will be having a recession. Hence the title of the episode, The Coming Recession. I absolutely believe we are heading for recession. A hundred percent. I don't even believe it. Ninety-five percent. And I read all the stuff. I read both sides. I read all kinds of stuff and some really smart people who say we're not heading for a recession. I'm just telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I'm doing for my company, my finances. And also, I'm going to be preparing my clients that we coach and train on how to do well. By the way, I don't think this recession is going to be the end of the world. And I also think there's some very unusual circumstances around this coming recession that will give us not only lots of time to prepare, both financially and in our businesses, but we can also have so much time to prepare and actually engineer our own personal soft landing. I just shared with a thousand of my best coaching clients at an event here in La Costa recently that I'm excited because I believe our clients are going to increase their market share and do better as a result of the coming recession. Now, that might sound a bit Machiavellian, but I'm not God and I can't save everybody. I can only help the people I coach, train, and then there's people like yourselves that tune in and listen to the podcast. I'm just not willing to abdicate my finances or business to the Fed's monetary policy or some governmental intervention. There's a lot of things we can control, and there are things that we can. And I'm going to encourage you to take action on the things you can control. And if you do that, you can and will prosper in the midst of a recession. I find it interesting right now on YouTube that there are more videos of Warren Buffett popping up than ever before. And the reason being is that man's been through six or seven recessions and has prospered every time. He always talks about the doom and gloom guys. I'm just going to say personally, this is Brian Buffini. This is my opinion. I put my money where my mouth is. I'm doing this with my own investments. I'm doing this with my own business. And I'm all in on my customers. And I have a lot of people we've coached and trained for 20 plus years who've done very, very well listening to how we've helped them navigate through recessions and downturns and upturns and shortage of inventories we predicted long before they happened. So I'm telling you right now, I'm very, very definitive in my position on here. I've done a lot of research. I'm looking at it, and I think it's just very clear that right now we're heading for a recession. And so I want to guide you on a journey. I'll be doing a number of episodes on this coming recession, including how to prepare your business, how to prepare your finances. So stay tuned for all of these. So let's just talk about it right now. What is a recession? I'm going to give you a definition. It's a period of economic decline during which trade and industrial activity are reduced, generally identified by a fall, in GDP in two successive quarters. So how about you take a big breath right there? It means that the GDP number comes down for the first quarter, and then the GDP number comes down for the second quarter. That technically makes it a recession. Like in the 70s, where we had one of the worst recessions in a long, long time, there was five quarters of negative growth in GDP, okay? So where are we at right now? Well, the first quarter this particular year was supposed to be a 1.1% growth rate. But the actual GDP contracted 1.4%. So we're supposed to be up 1.1%, came back one4 That's actually a 2.5% difference. Now, one more negative quarter will officially be a recession. Now, just so you know how economists work, typically a recession isn't reported until a year after the fact. That's typically how they analyze the data. They analyze it in the rearview mirror. Now, do I believe the second quarter is going to have a negative growth rate and we're already in recession? Actually, don't. I think it's going to bounce around a little bit. I think we have more time to prepare than ever before for a recession. So that's good. So according to the National Bureau of Economic Research, there have been 19 recessions in the United States, seven of them from 1854 to 1945. And just so you know, those recessions with a slower-moving economy and a slower-moving society, those recessions typically lasted 21 months. So we had seven of them that typically lasted under two years. We've had 12 from 1945 through this last recent recession. So you go, okay, we have a lot more recessions. They happen more frequently. Oh, by the way, they also end quicker. And that's because of the size of the economy, the amount of money in the system, the technologies that are involved, and the speed of society and life. So from 1945 through this last recent recession, the average recession lasted 11 months. you see where it's going. By the way, typically, historically, it's three and a half years of growth followed by a little less than a year of the pressure cooker hitting a recession. That's typically how the economy goes. Then you might hit a flat spot and then off we go on a growth path again and then here comes a little recession. So yeah, this is, I want to inform you, I want to prepare you. Again, There'll be blood on the saddle, as they say. There will be people who struggle because of recession. There will be businesses that go out of business. There will be people who lose their jobs. Right now, there's some extraordinary steps that companies are taking in order to hire people. And they're offering all kinds of cool benefits and mandatory double vacations and all this stuff. And it was interesting because I was watching some Wall Street analysts in preparation for this the other day, and they were talking about all these perks that were being thrown at these brand new college graduates. And then they said, now, by the way, if we hit a recession, all these perks are gone. And, and that's what happens. It, it, it straightens up people. So let's just talk a little bit about the last four recessions, because that's kind of where we are in regards to recent history. And I've lived through each one of these. I've been in business here in America through each one of these. And the first was the Gulf War recession. And it went from July 90 to March 91. And the U.S. went to a short eight-month recession, partly caused by spike in oil prices during the first Gulf War. Uh, Okay, now, what I will tell you is in San Diego, where I live, that recession landed longer because after the Gulf War ended, we lost a lot of our defense contractors, and they moved out of San Diego, and San Diego was very heavily dependent upon these. Again, today, San Diego is in a much better place because instead of being dependent on 10 or 12 large companies to employ everybody, San Diego now has a myriad of small businesses that have 20 to 50 employees. And again, sometimes you got to go through hardships, as we call it a good life. You got to go through hardships sometimes to get to the good stuff. We had the dot com recession. The U.S. was facing several economic problems. We had the tech crash, and this was really the first time that technology took over the Dow Industrials. And I used to go up to Northern California, and I would do four major seminars a year up there. And people would go, "Oh, my brother's involved in rope dot com, and you got to get involved." And the stock's doubled in the last thirty days. And I would all say, no, I've got my little built to last portfolio and I'm just chipping away and chipping away. Oh, you're missing out. You're missing out. Well, those guys ended up missing out, right? And you throw in other things. We had companies like Enron and the 9-11 terrorist attacks. So we had a recession and the stock market got hammered and some values and even real estate got hammered. But the economy bounced back again. We talked about the Great Recession, December 07 to June 09. And again, There was a trailing effect with that recession that lasted years and years and years. And then we had a recession, believe it or not, in 2020. You probably don't remember. It was the COVID recession. You know how long it lasted? Two months. And what happened then is the government pumped in a bunch of money. Inflation is caused by printing too much money and too much money chasing too few goods. Can you predict a recession? The truth of the matter is you can. We have uh, something called the inverted yield curve, which is, you know, The stock guys really get all excited about this. But the yield curve is a graph that plots the market value or the yield of a range of U.S. government bonds from notes with a term of four months to 30-year bonds. And when the economy is functioning normally, yields should be higher on long-term bonds. But when long-term yields are lower than short-term yields, it shows that investors are worried about a recession. And this phenomenon is known as a yield curve inversion, and it has predicted past recessions. And so one of the biggest stories over the past few weeks has been the inversion of various points on the U.S. Treasury yield curve. Again, that's one of the indicators. Consumer confidence is another example of predicting a recession. And uh, consumer spending is still the main driver of the U.S. economy. And again, this is unique because people still have a lot of money. I just came back from a vacation in Hawaii. The airports were jammed. You couldn't get a -a rent-a-card. You know, again, pent-up demand. People couldn't travel. People are traveling now. People have money. However, people in the back of their minds know that things are changing. People are starting to already start to feel a little apprehensive about the long-term viability of what they're going to spend. They're going to go on their vacations this summer, and that's why I don't think you'll see the second quarter drop. There's money still in the system. Everybody's doing fine. However, consumer confidence is starting to inch back down, and it just fell from 153.8 down to 152.6 so not catastrophic but you're starting to see consumer confidence go down there's other little indicators for example when the inflation really was just skyrocketing the number one most expensive thing or thing that it appreciated the most was used cars and we're already seeing a precipitous fall in the price of used cars just in the last 60 days little things like that you'll see a drop in the lending economic index okay you'll see sudden stock market declines. Have you seen any decline in the stock market? On one of our broadcasts here, I'm going to be introducing you to my broker, Ben Stewart. And Ben Stewart's advice to people has been, just don't look at your stocks for the next 90 days. You know, the next four or five months, just chill out, relax. You own good stuff, just just relax. And I think he's right, because we've had some big pullbacks. Rising unemployment, and again, I'm going to talk about unemployment and how strange the employment market is right now. Those are all indicators of recession. And that's why I say, I believe we're heading for a recession. I believe it's going to be mild. I believe it's going to be corrective. I believe it's going to be helpful. I think businesses are going to get healthier. I think customer service is going to improve. I think the value of a customer is going to be elevated. And some of the stuff that's been lost during COVID is going to be coming back. So again, I say that I know that when people get hurt, you know, people go bankrupt. Businesses go out of business when there's recessions. And I've no desire to see anybody hurt, but I will just say to you on a grand scale, some of this pain has a purpose to it and it's important. And again, we are not going to be heading for a great recession. It leads me to my second major point was what is actually different this time from previous recessions. And one of the reasons why, candidly, there's so much debate about whether there is a recession coming or not, because there's some very unique factors that I personally, I'm looking at history from the, I actually went back to the 17, mid 1700s, looking at the economy. In looking at this, there's some very unique circumstances today that I've never seen, and I don't believe any economist has ever seen before. First and foremost, there's more cash in the system. I mentioned from both Trump and Biden, they put cash in the system. Then the Fed's policy, they put cash in the system. We have record consumer cash on hand. So we have a lot of money in the system. And money in the system, by the way, means you don't feel as bad, you don't feel panicked, you don't feel as fearful. But people all know things have run up and things have gotten a little goofy and things have gotten pricey and they know the price of gas and they know the price of utilities and they know the price of food. And if you barbecue and you get a bunch of steaks, you see how much it costs. I have a bunch of people who I've had to adjust to compensation with. You know, for our company hadn't raised our prices in years. In fact, one of our product lines was nine years and the rest of them was six years. And we raised our prices and it turned out we're actually still behind where we were. The fact of the matter is there's been a lot of cash in the system. And then again, we mentioned inflation. It's the highest inflation in 40 years. From the producer price index, which is people who actually make stuff, their inflation is in double digits. Some 11.5% is the most recent. But we also have bizarre things. Housing inventory is still low. We still have not built enough houses. In the last 15 years, we have underbuilt housing every single year. So how does that show up? Well, rents are escalating. You know, it's interesting. There's so many different dynamics with zoning laws and all these different things that are, you know, people are trying to do their best and local politicians are trying to do their best. The problem is they've just squeezed out development. And the not in my backyard phenomenon of many suburbs means we just have not been able to build. And a state like California has built less homes in the last 12 months than the city of Dallas. Okay, we have 41 million people here in California. And so, just doesn't seem to, the penny doesn't seem to be dropping. So, what does that mean? Rents are going to escalate and home values remain high and home values are going to remain high. I know people who are waiting on the sidelines right now. I'm just waiting for the prices to come down. You might be in trouble on that philosophy. Interest rates have escalated. Now, I just again, so make sure we know what we're talking about. 2019, the US economy was cooking in 2019, the average 30 year mortgage was 3.94%. What happened is we got government help, Fed policy, Fed rate went down to zero. So in 2021, the 30-year average mortgage was 2.96. So what happens is it's like feeding the kids candy. We're babysitting our grandkids right now. You give them candy, they're bouncing off the walls. And what do they want? More candy. So we don't do that. But 2.96% was candy for the market. Today, right now, is the time of this recording. It's 5.6%. So in a year, it's gone from 2.96 to 5.6. Now, again, I lived in a market that was well over 10%. Prices were lower. And again, those interest rates will be a little bit of a pressure cooker. Now, if the Fed wanted to take the steam off inflation, the Fed would have to raise the rate beyond the inflation rate, like Paul Volcker did in the 70s. And that would mean that the interest rate would have to be north of 9%. And I'm just telling you, under no circumstance in God's green earth, is Jerome Powell going to raise the rates so a 30-year mortgage is going to be 9%? There's no way it's going to happen. And so they're not going to take the action that needs to take place to take the steam off with inflation. If you didn't listen to it, in season two, episode 23 and 24, I did episodes on inflation and you. I don't want to get trapped into the whole inflation discussion today, but that's where you need to go and listen to those. Here it is. Inflation is going to be here a while. I'm hoping it's not 8.5% for too long. But well, we're going to have inflation for a while. Then lastly, the job market. And this is, again, Fed policy is big on unemployment. Recessions are often defined by high unemployment. What's different this time? We have a very unique job market at this time. There are 11.5 million job openings in the U.S. And we only have 6 million people looking for work. One of the dynamics that is a consequence of all this free money is that there were people who just were paid to stay home and they've stayed home. And I'm not giving you opinions. This is just there. Anecdotally, like I said, I was just in Hawaii, and just many of the folks and many of the business operators tell me they can't get people back to work. They got paid to stay home, and now they're home. And so we have a lot of job openings, and not as many people looking. On top of that, we've had the great resignation, which is something that's not talked about in news stories because it's not dramatic enough. 47 million people have changed jobs in the last two years. 70% of those people regret making a move. 80% of millennials stated, this is not what I thought it would be. We did a little history lesson. Like I said, I believe categorically a recession is coming. I believe it won't be the end of the world. And I believe there's some nuances to this recession, which is why you're going to hear conflicting opinions all the time. A lot of money, inflation, housing inventory low, interest rates high and then the job market is in a very unusual state of flux. So it will be an unusual recession. So here's a couple of tips as before I get into some real, we're gonna do some number of episodes on how to recession-proof your business, how to recession-proof your finances, and ultimately how to prosper through these turbulent times. So the last major point I'm giving you is batten down the hatches. I'm gonna use a bunch of nautical terms with you right now, but batten down the hatches means a storm's coming, not the end of the world storm, not the perfect storm, but the phrase on the ship was batten down the hatches so you don't get swept overboard and that your belongings don't get swept overboard and that the ship can stay intact. And here's what I will say. Let's say in the highly unlikely event, like a flight attendant says, that we have loss of cabin pressure. But let's say I'm wrong. Let's say there is no recession. Well, if a recession doesn't happen, Everything I'm going to advise you in the next few episodes will put your finances and your business in great shape and give you a lot more peace of mind. And if I'm right, you won't be fearful or scared or negatively impacted by a recession. You will be able to keep a cool head while other people are losing theirs. And you'll be able to make great decisions to grow your finances, your business during this recession. So here's a couple of tips. First of all, get ship shape. Get ship shape. First of all, revise your budget. Go back and revisit your budget. You know, many people during COVID, myself included, I've just been going through and really getting my house in order economically. And there were things that we committed to and expenses and subscriptions and all kinds of things we got into during COVID that we forgot to turn off. We're looking at getting our own economics okay and where are we at and what properties do we own and why do we own this and why do we not own that? Those kinds of things. So revise your budget. Get your budget back under control. Errol Flynn, the great actor, says, my problem lies in reconciling my gross habits with my net income. Very, very common dynamic. And again, money was cheap, easy to get into debt, easy to stay in debt. Credit cards were cheap uh, in interest rates, and now they're not. So guess what? We've got to get our house in order. Next thing is increased reserves. Now, I know in coaching people how hard it is to get one month's reserves built up for a person when they first do this. When a person first does their budget, and to build up their reserves, it typically takes a year to get one month in reserves. And then we encourage people to get reserves for their business. Now, once you get that first month for both, it tends to go pretty quick, because now you have a budget in place, your earnings will increase because you're focused on it, and now you're able to accelerate. And, you know, I've always said six months at home, three months in business is optimal. Now, What I am going to say is increase your reserves, but I'm actually going to say increase your reserves, not to hold on to the cash. I think six and three is fine, but I want you to build up your cash so that you can invest and grow and take advantage of this opportunity. By the way, in an upcoming episode, I'm going to share with you what Warren Buffett's been doing. And in the last 20 years, Warren Buffett has more cash on hand today than he's ever had in his entire career. So he's been battening down the hatches, getting his budgets put in place. And what's he doing right this minute? He's buying stocks. He's buying companies. He's buying up some bargains. While other people are getting nervous and scared, the greatest investor in the history of the world is buying. Always good to remember that stuff. Lastly, tighten up your P&L. If you have a business, you need a profit and loss statement, and you need to tighten it up. What is your net income? Okay, what can you do to increase the top line? What can you do to increase the bottom line? as I've talked about in the past with The Richest Man in Babylon, written by George Clayson. He says, gold is reserved for those who know its laws and obey its commands. I'm not telling you to buy gold, by the way. We'll get into that and talking about future investments here in a minute. So get ship shape is the first thing. The second thing in nautical terms is stay out of the doldrums. Stay out of the doldrums. And the doldrums is often referred to not only as a place where there was mixed currents and bad sailing conditions, But the doldrums is also a phrase especially used in Ireland when somebody is feeling down. We didn't use the word depression growing up. We'd say, oh, someone's down in the dumps or they're down in the doldrums. So here's what I'm going to say. Stay out of the doldrums. There is a lot of conflicting voices, especially when I'm preparing. I don't come to you lightly and say, I think there's a recession coming. I'm betting my life on it. I bet my finances on it. I'm betting my business on it. I'm betting my reputation on it. I put my good name on it. And I've been making predictions for decades. So I don't do it lightly. So I've been researching everything under the sun. And there are so many conflicting opinions. And there's lots of very smart people with conflicting opinions. A lot of those conflicting opinions come from opinions that are tailored around politics or Wall Street or that people are trying to protect or trying to, oh, don't panic. Just do this. Keep your money here. Whatever. So, Napoleon Hill said, opinions are the cheapest commodities on earth. Everyone has a flock of opinions ready to be wished upon, anyone who will accept them. If you are influenced by opinions when you reach decisions, you will not succeed in any undertaking. And that's why people like Warren Buffett, I go to that guy, okay? There's just a lot of voices that have been around. Art Laffer, there's a guy that's been around for a long time. Great economist. Uh, we'll have an upcoming episode in our mid-year bull predictions with Dr. Lawrence Yoon, recognized one of the top five economists in the world. We'll have him on specifically talk about the housing market. So stay out of the doldrums. There's lots of conflicting voices. People will run around scared. It's easy to panic. And with social media and clickbait, it's easy to cause panic nowadays. George Patton said, if everyone is thinking alike, then somebody isn't thinking. And then make a formed, not emotional decisions. Again, Mr. Buffett said, in invest in as much of yourself as you can. You are your own biggest asset by far. And I'll talk more about that. I'll talk more about that. When we get onto the episode, when we talk about grow, I'm going to talk about growing yourself. And then lastly, we want to hoist the sail, right? You want to stay out of the doldrums. You want to get ship you want to hoist the sail. You want to invest in your business. You want to make your investments grow. We've got some episodes coming up to help you do just that. I coined a phrase at Buffini Company in 2007, which was a recession's a terrible thing to waste. We had 400, over 400 employees at Buffini Company at the time. And the recession came and we were not ship We turned into it. We had ridden a very hot market for 10 years. And I remember I had to let 47 people go. It was the first group of layoffs. And I waited until my birthday to let these people go because I really wanted to feel some pain myself. And I wanted to remember this. And I wanted to remember it in such a way, because I took no joy in letting these people go, that this pain that was coming for all these families, I wanted to learn from it and I wanted to remember it. And I did. And the business that Buffini Company had going into the recession and what came out of the recession was radically different. We were basically, we had one product line that we offered. We had one price point that we offered. We had no diversification in products, We had no diversification in how we located customers. We basically did events and offered coaching and nothing else. And coming out of it, at the end of the recession, we had a CRM. We had a giant division in our company that just featured training programs. We had several different levels of coaching. We no longer depended on our events to be our main force of finding a client and meeting a client. And today we do very few events. We... Ended up being back to the same levels within a few years with less than half the people. So we became more efficient, more effective, a better business, better customer service, better client experience, higher rates of success for our clients. More efficient, more effective, because we did not waste a recession. I'm going to end this episode because I've got several more coming on this subject. We're really going to roll up our sleeves. I'm going to reach out to all of you right now who've never actually come and seen us at a live event. Every year for the past 22 years, I've done an event in San Diego called Mastermind. And it is an awesome couple of days of immersion with incredible people, big energy. It is basically going to put juice in your tank for the rest of the year. People bring their families to this event. We already have well over 3,000 people registered for this thing. But if you've never heard me speak before in person, you've never been to one of our live events, I'm going to be delving down at Mastermind in specifically how to recession-proof your business and recession-proof your finances, even more in-depth than what I can do on the podcast. So if you're interested in that, our Mastermind Events theme is How to Bounce Back, and it's August 8th and 9th at the San Diego Convention Center. We got other cool people coming. He's been on our podcast, Apollo Ono, the eight-time Olympic medalist in the Winter Olympics. Ben Nemton, talking about building out a bucket list and really having something to look forward to. Another podcast guest, Charlie Plum, Captain Charlie Plum, who was six years in a the hanoi hilton as a prisoner of war brilliant inspiring story and then my good friend bob bodine has a special brand new session he's created called revive so i'm going to be there i got four world class presenters august 8th and 9th i'm really going to delve into how to recession proof your business and finances as well so if if you're really interested in prepping yourself personally emotionally and getting yourself ready to go for the new year i recommend you get there This is really an introduction. Again, I'm telling you, I think there's a recession coming. I'm telling you that I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. And I'm telling you that you have time to prepare. And if you prepare, you can win. If you take action, you can win. It doesn't matter what Putin does. It doesn't matter what the Federal Reserve does. It doesn't matter what the government does. There are absolutely things that you can control so that you can win during the coming recession. So stay tuned for future episodes because we're going to delve into how to recession proof your finances, your business. And I'm going to also introduce you to some friends of mine that can really help you with your money piece. A lady who's lived through well over a dozen recessions is my mother, Therese. Her phrase has always been, ah, Brian, it's a nine-day wonder. It's a nine-day wonder, which is kind of a little Irish phrase for saying, it'll be over soon. She's been around a lot in her 91 years. She's seen a lot of good times and bad times, and she's always reminded me, it's a good life. And to finish off our episode today, she's going to give you all a little Irish blessing. And I think at a time like this, even if you hear news that there's going to be a recession, it's still a good life and there's still room for a little blessing. So over to you, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.